Hello, and welcome to Afternoonified, the podcast that will shiver the shit out of your timbers. I'm Ryan. And I'm Emily. Dead men tell no tales. (laughs) This week we're going to be doing things a little bit differently. Not too differently. No. Just a little. Just a little. Today we're talking about pirates. Yeah. um, Way to read the episode title, Person Listening. Can't do finger guns at a microphone. No, we are doing finger guns at you as we speak. Pirates, as you know, in movies are lots of fun, but they're not all that similar to real pirates of the olden days. Depending on what pirate movie you're watching, um, some of them are a little more accurate than others, but they all have... Well, we'll get into that. Yeah, but generally not super similar. So if that's disappointing to you, I'm sorry. But stick around to see what... It's disappointing to me too. Get over it. Yeah. (laughs) The focus is going to be on historical pirates from the golden age of piracy as opposed to the ones that we still have today. So we're not talking about like Somali pirates or any of that. Yeah, because those are boring. (laughs) I think they'd beg to differ. Okay, so they're not boring, but I don't want to talk about them. Um, so th- in this, a very special episode of Afternoonified, we are going to be doing Pirate Myth Bustin'. Dun, 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 dun. That's not the Mythbusters theme song. Copyright. I don't even know what that theme song is. I don't either. Moving I just on. remember the big, like, stamp whenever they oh, yeah, yeah. bust a myth. We don't have one of those. Nope. Um, actually, we do in our theme song. Oh, yeah. Yep. Yep. So just replay our theme song. <laughs> All right. So before we get started with Bustin' the Myths... Uh, we're going to do a really quick history lesson. Really quick. So quick. Emily always says it's quick, but it always takes her forever. Oh, shut the fuck up. <laughs> no one asked you your opinion except for me because we're doing this. Yeah, I, I would say you, you signed up. Pirates Chapter 1. The five W's. As in who, what, when, where, why. Ah. I was like, water, wind, <laughs> no wellies. <laughs> I don't think they, they wore rain boots. They didn't wear rain boots. They did wear boots, but well, that's for a later time. That is. So the word pirate itself comes from the Greek word pirates, which means attacker. This is going to be a quick history lesson. We're starting pirates? all the way back with shut, the Greeks. Shut up. <laughs> pirate is technically defined as a person who attacks and robs ships at sea, but Henry VIII, however, redefined it to include attacking, murder, and robbing in pretty much any waterway. Creek pirates. <laughs> oh my gosh, I found my new profession. Puddle pirates. Yes. It's my deepest ambition to be a salty old sea captain. So you could be a little puddle pirate. Puddle, puddle pirate. <laughs> um, I don't know how Henry VIII actually found time to decree anything between wives. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he seemed like a busy man. Yep. A lot of beheadings to attend to. Mm-hmm. So pretty much anyone could be a pirate. Uh, They didn't discriminate age, race, but women were considered too weak to be pirates. That did not stop them from doing it, though. Oh. They would dress up like men and, like, hide among the crew. Girl power. Yes. And usually pirates were in their, like, 20s and not the grisly old men that you kind of expect. I mean, I feel like if a 20-year-old guy grew his beard out that long, though, you would think he was a grizzled old man. And he was that man. dirty and, like, that battle-worn. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, but, I mean, people, like, continued to be pirates until they chose to stop. And a lot of people, like, that just became their way of life. And they, they didn't stop. And a lot of crew members were actually taken from ships that were attacked and forced to be crew members. Not a really big force. Like, the paycheck for being a pirate was pretty sweet. Yeah. And he had the freedom. Yeah. 
So, Can't argue with that. Yeah, anyone could be a pirate except women, but women also. <laughs> except women, but kind of not true. Piracy has been a thing for like 3,000 years um, since the beginning of time because people have always been shitty. It started out in Greece and spread through Rome into the Mediterranean where it held strong for a very, very long time. Um, it was also a thing in China. There were uh, Vikings, which mm-hmm. are... I mean, Viking actually means sea raider in Old Norse. So Vikings and pirates are kind of... Pretty much the same thing. Um, and they were very well known for pillaging and plundering their little blonde hearts out. Yeah, we all know about those. <laughs> Don't we? <laughs> Everyone's a Viking expert. Oh, man, those damn Vikings. Mm. Eventually, piracy reached the New World in the 17th century, and the Caribbean to be exact, or Caribbean... Um, I always heard it Caribbean, and I hear Caribbean unless you're talking about the movies or the Disney ride, and then for some reason everyone agrees to pronounce it Caribbean. I prefer Caribbean. It sounds, it's kind of like when you pronounce Notre Dame wrong. Notre Dame, like my... Yeah, but I think it is Caribbean. I don't think it is Caribbean. I think that was specifically a Disney thing to set it apart from Caribbean. Because if you're going to go on a cruise, you go on a cruise to the Caribbean. You don't go on a cruise to the Caribbean, because it makes it sound like you're going to get attacked by pirates while you're there. I guess. I, I think guess. that was a Disney thing. I don't know why they would purposefully mispronounce a word. That's not like they changed the pronunciation of Matterhorn so people weren't concerned about Yetis. No, but you can't really change the pronunciation of that. I mean, Matherhorn? Like, I don't know what else you would say. But I think Pirates of the Caribbean, for one, flows better. It sounds better than Caribbean. Yeah, Pirates of the Caribbean. Like, it it's it's kind of bland. And then it also kind of stands out, because whenever someone Hold sees on. that word, they think of Disney. We're going to bust this myth right now and it's not going to take that long um sorry folks (laughs) i got a little excited (laughs) our findings on the word caribbean came back um it's both yeah it's like caramel caramel thing it's regional i guess yeah but we did figure out that it originates from the... It's like the a, Indians that used to live there, natives, I'm yeah. sorry, um, that are still present in Dominica. Yeah. Which are the Carib Indians. Yeah, so... But since that pronunciation is, uh, like, in both pronunciations yeah. of the word Caribbean, yeah. Caribbean flows better in a sentence, but in a title, like parts of the Caribbean, it sounds better. So, yeah. whatever you want to do. Yeah. That's where we landed on that. Um, so, piracy reached the Caribbean slash Caribbean... Um, in the form of outlaws from England, Holland, and France. You know, the badasses of the world. Clearly. Um, and they were doing just fine until the Spanish assholes came along <laughs> and ran them off the islands and pretty much just angered the fuck out of them. Well. These buccaneers, ha, named so for a method of cooking taught to them by the natives, which used a grill called a boucan. Huh. That came out really weird. How was to say that? No, like, I, it felt weird in oh, my mouth. Like, okay. <laughs> it came out the back. Yeah. Like when you get a bubble. Yeah. It felt weird. Um, so these buccaneers turned on the Spanish and pirated the shit out of those waters. I like that pirated it as a verb. It's not. <laughs> so it that, is now. That was the beginning of the Golden Age of piracy, which occurred from the 1650s all the way through the 1730s. An increase in traffic of valuable cargo to and from Europe prompted this period of piracy. Um, that included work in the Mediterranean, the Caribbean, and Asia. There were also privateers, which were heavily active during that time. Um, privateers being government-sanctioned pirates who stole from ships belonging to other countries. Huh. Good to know. 
All right. So that was a very, very condensed version of pirate history, and there is no way we could fit everything into a 45-minute podcast, especially if we still want time to do some myth-busting at the end. So there will be more information available on the website, and it's overwhelming. We warn you. Yeah, I almost didn't make it through this episode because I was like, too much! (laughs) So many words! Um, Well, let's bust some fucking myths! Let's do it! Yeah! Peg legs. Did they wear them? It's a myth. Damn. However, there is some scientific backing to it. And eye patches? Yeah, we're going to cover those too, but let's start on peg legs. Okay. (laughs) Calm down. Sorry. (laughs) So, first of all, very few human beings during that time period could survive an amputation, period. It... That that's all, that's a big so you're, surgery. You're telling me that the hit film master and commander lied to me. It's not impossible. I mean, people did survive them, but however, surviving even a doctor-sanctioned amputation yeah. difficult. Let alone um, one that like pirate guy Jack did with a well. Yeah. Well, with the uh, pirates, the person if you had to get an amputation on board a pirate ship, the person who did it was the chef because he is the best at wielding knives. That doesn't mean he's good at stitches. That doesn't mean he's good at don't they have an cauterization? No. So it was the chef. So basically, the cook's gonna come up and cut your leg off. So needless to say, surviving leg amputation was not common. Um, even if you did survive and you had a wooden leg, ships aren't—they're not smooth sailing. You know, if you're—can you stand on deck with one, you know, wooden stick for a leg and I mean, actually be useful work? Captain Barbosa did it. Not the real Captain Barbosa. No, the exactly Hollywood. Thank you. <laughs> so even if you did survive and you did get a wooden leg, you'd be tossed around on a ship and your shitty pirate career would be over. So, <laughs> okay. um, however, the idea of a peg leg in general is not unheard of. So peg legs are a thing, just not necessarily a thing among yeah, pirates. Prosthetic limbs. Yeah, that was if you were going to make a prosthetic limb back in the day, wood was a good way to go because it was cheap, sturdy, easy to carve into. So peg legs are a thing. They're not a pirate thing necessarily. They just look cool. Exactly. Skipping right forward to eye patches. Uh, real, although not necessarily because they were missing an eye. It's actually kind of a common misconception. A lot of people think that pirates were just what popping eyes out. What they all have one eye gone. I mean, with the diseases and the injury, I don't know. But just one, and all of them did it. I mean, well, not all of them. Yeah, but eye patches were real. However, historians think that it is because. Uh, the darkness below deck, it can take eyes up to 25 minutes to fully adjust to darkness. So if you've ever been outside when it's really sunny and then gone inside and you can't see anything, so, even when the lights are on. So they weren't just like eating carrots all the time, I mm, guess. No, okay. not so much. I mean, like, you know, we'll cover that when we get to scurvy, what they Ooh. were and were not eating. So eye patches to make it so that way one eye is always adjusted to the dark. But I feel like then when you go back up to the light, you're like, oh God, with both eyes. So I feel like you need to have like a flashlight or like a I don't know, some sort of light always on one eye. That's because in the 1600s, flashlights were super popular. No, I know. But it just seems like that doesn't exactly fix the problem of coming back on deck. No. Because, you know, when you step outside in the sun and it burns, I think that would still happen. Yeah, I guess. Um, I mean, they weren't the smartest human beings. No, not, not particularly, as we will see later. <laughs> Do they have parrots as pets? Not really. Mm. That makes me sad. They needed buddies. (laughs) Uh, Exotic animals were a big trade at the height of pirate popularity, so they were sometimes captured or stolen and then sold off as pets and used for bribes for government officials. Mm. Um, 
pirates didn't exactly keep pets on account of like limited rations and also um having a bird on your shoulder means that you have bird shit on your shoulder <laughs> which is really inconvenient even, Gross. even for a pirate and unhealthy well there were some very very rare cases where a parrot would be kept as a pet probably to help pass the time because being a pirate is not as exciting as you think like that's a lot of just time at sea mm-hmm. yeah it'd be kind of boring but, like I said, not super common. Um, yeah. So, uh, we're going to consider parrots half-busted. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Let's move on to scurvy, since we did mention that what, already. Was it prevalent? Like It was. It was very, very prevalent. So, scurvy is real. Confirmed. Confirmed. <laughs> scurvy is a real disease that occurs when the body doesn't get enough vitamin C, which you get from citrus fruits like limes, lemons, and oranges. And this morning, Emily actually informed me that the reason pirates are often called limeys is because of how many limes they would eat when they went ashore. British, so was... British seamen. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> uh, British men of the sea um, were called limeys because, yeah, they just... Ate a shitload of limes when they came yeah, just when they main came lime, to land. Limes when they were on set. Which, on set. On set. Oh my gosh, you were such a fun major. We're gonna. When cut they that. were at sea. Yeah, we're we're gonna. Yeah. Figure out where to cut that because I sound like a fucking idiot. <laughs> anyway, tell me about scurvy. Uh, pirates didn't get a lot of vitamin C because those kinds of fruits and really any fresh food at all wouldn't last very long on a ship. But the pirates that were prevalent in the Caribbean. I mean, there's citrus fruit in the Caribbean. I know, but think of how long you're on the boat between That's stops. True. That's true. I can't get Plus a lemon salt. to last longer than a month. Yeah, and then now add water, have it kind of damp. You know, it's all the damp, time. it's salty, you know, it's not cold, it's probably really hot. Truth. So, right. yeah, not not great things. Um, so basically, let me explain a little bit about what scurvy is before we talk about what pirates did and didn't eat. Um, So scurvy, some of the symptoms that start out are, uh, here it's listed as malaise and lethargy. And uh, malaise is just a general feeling of unwellness, just like something is not right. So they would feel that, they would get really tired. Um, A lot of times, one of the first symptoms is swollen bleeding gums that actually interfere with digestion. And then after one to three months, if you let it keep going, you get shortness of breath, bone pain. What the fuck is bone pain? That's something I don't think I've ever experienced and I don't think I ever want to. No. And then uh, myalgias, which is basically kind of like a muscle cramp or pain uh, because of the reduced carnitine production. Other symptoms include... Rough skin, easy bruising, petechiae, gum disease, loosening of teeth, poor wound healing, and emotional changes, which may appear before physical changes, depending on the person. So if it was a particularly sensitive pirate, he might be a little sad before he gets bleeding gums. Don't even talk to me, Longjot. I can't. I can't. (laughs) In the late stages, we see jaundice, which is a yellowing of the skin, generalized edema, neuropathy, fever, convulsions, and eventual death. It says eventual, right here, I have my notes in front of me, and it says eventual death is frequently seen. But I feel like that's eventual kind of either... death is just kind of something that happens. Yeah, that's just weird wording. Like, you could say that anyone died of scurvy. It's like, well, he did eventually die. Yeah. 
Yeah, so that's scurvy. Basically, what the pirates ate was they would eat as much fresh food as they could while they were ashore. They would bring some with them and eat it as much as they could, make it last. By the end of their trip, often they were basically just eating crackers that were being attacked by, like, weevils. And they mm-hmm. would just kind of, like, pick the bugs off and eat the crackers. Um, what were those? Hardtack. Yeah. Um, theory. I haven't researched this. Um, in the Mediterranean, it's common to preserve lemons. Um, like, mm-hmm. that's just part of Mediterranean cuisine. So mm-hmm. I feel like scurvy might have been more of a Caribbean. Western pirate mm-hmm. issue. Yeah, possibly. But, I mean, a preserved lemon probably doesn't have as much vitamin C as a fresh lemon, and you have to have enough for the entire crew and I'm just saying, enough like for that months' was, worth. I mean, I that's think... That's a thing that they could do once they figured out. Yeah, and even even kids in schools, like, it, scurvy was common up even to, like, the 1920s, just kids at school Cis- not getting enough. Citrus is hard to get a hold of in a lot of places. Yeah, it's hard to get a hold of. It's not common in a lot of different companies... Or companies. A lot of different countries' dishes. Um, you know, so it's, it's I think it's hard to get vitamin C sometimes. In general, yeah. Yeah. So that is scurvy. And while we're on the subject of like what pirates ate and didn't eat, um, rum. Rum. Was rum really as prevalent as we are led to believe? And the answer is yes. (laughs) Uh, Sign me up. (laughs) Pirates, particularly Caribbean pirates, because that's where sugarcane was grown. Mm -hmm. Um, and thus, because rum is made from sugarcane. Yeah. Um, they drank a shitload of rum because fresh water is really hard to come by on the high seas. Mm-hmm. So they would take a lot of rum with them and then have it diluted with fresh water before leaving port to make something called grog. <laughs> Yum. Yum. Oh, great. Just next time you have like a rum and coke, let your ice melt in it. That's my favorite because it makes it a little bit less fizzy and then it's kind of syrupy. I know that sounds super gross, but that's the way I like Watered down cokes. rum? That's my favorite. I think I would really like grog. Sign me up. I would be a hella good pirate. I prefer my my Malibu to be full strength. Mm. Isn't Malibu like flavored though? It's coconut rum. Yeah, that doesn't count. It gives it a nice Caribbean flair. <laughs> there was a hand I'm, gesture that I'm, went with that. I'm glad your rum has sass. <laughs> You know, I like my drinks to have some personality. It's why I'm a big tequila sunrise fan. Yeah, and also, man. I'm never getting scurvy. That's true, because everything, every cocktail you drink is full of citrus. Or coconuts. That too. Sometimes coconut and lime. But I never put the lime in the coconut because that song is fucking stupid. (laughs) Can you tell me about pirate slang? Yes, I can. (laughs) Most of it's bullshit. Oh. It's fun to say, though. Yeah. Um, First, I want to start off by telling you guys that the distinction between pillaging and plundering is non-existent. They're the same thing. Mm-hmm. Except, like, if you absolutely have to tell them apart, like, if you're being weirdo, mm-hmm. um, plundering is sometimes characterized with a military slash soldier connotation, mm-hmm. but for the most part, they're the, the same. same. Thing. So when you're saying that you're pillaging and plundering, you're saying, like, I'm gonna steal things, I'm gonna steal things. <laughs> I'm gonna steal them and I'm gonna take them. <laughs> That's, yeah. So, same word. Um, literally no one real in the pirate era ever said shiver me timbers because I, I said it 10 minutes ago well you you've said it you are real but it was first used in passing in the book jacob faithful and then popularized in the 1950s disney film adaptation of treasure island ah yeah disney again they really shaped the view of pirates that we have today and i am thankful for it i'm, I'm on the fence we'll see how i feel at the end real pirates are 
Just kind of gross. Yeah. Uh, the phrase is based on real nautical slang and is a reference to the timbers, which are the wooden support frames of a sailing ship. In heavy seas, ships would sometimes be lifted up and pounded down so hard as to shiver the timbers, <laughs> um, startling the sailors. When the uh, Portland professional soccer team gets cold, yeah, are the timbers shivering? Yeah, they're shiver me timbers. Cool. Yep. Cool. <laughs> um, anyway, such an exclamation of shiver me timbers was meant to convey a feeling of fear or awe, similar to, well, blow me down. <laughs> Or may God strike me alive and well. Neither are things that I have ever heard before. <laughs> the sound, I guess, R, was also never used um, by real pirates. Mm-hmm. Uh, Robert Newton, who played Long John Silver in the film, was from a region of England, West Country, where R functioned a lot like eh, <laughs> eh, does in Canada. So, you go to that hockey game, R. <laughs> Wait, 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 wait. It said England, though, so you have to do a British accent with an R. Oh, fuck. I have to do an English accent again? Yeah, I can't do English accents. I can't. Uh, oh, not my jewel. Oh, there we go. Wow. Oh, there we go. R. R. But they couldn't even say, they don't even say R, so it would have been R. <laughs> Fidel were a pirate. <coughs> uh, to Disney's credit, though, despite contributing to a lot of fanciful pirate myths, only one pirate in Pirates of the Caribbean... Barbosa actually uses R with any regularity, and actually, I watched it last night, and he's more of an I man. Mm, yeah. So I don't think Shiver Me Timbers was ever used in the movie either. Um, I don't although think so. Will Turner slash Orlando Bloom can feel free feel free to shiver whatever timbers he desires. <laughs> That's our celebrity shout out for the episode. Hey, this is relevant. So a lot of pirates. <laughs> Getting back on topic. A lot of pirate slang came from West Country sailor slang uh, just because of um, Robert Newton Mm -hmm. making, like, bringing that character of Long John Silver to life. And in reality, pirates use the slang of wherever they happen to be from. No, well, that would make sense. Go figure. Yeah. There's a lot more authentic slang that was common with sailors, but we're short on time, so I'm not going to go through all of them. But I am going to talk about David Jones. That's just my noise for everything. I guess. (laughs) So Davy Jones was not a real person. Actually, he was a real person, but he was the lead. He was the lead singer of the Monkees, and not like a pirate with an octopus face. Oh yeah, different Davy Jones. Yes, Uh, Davy Jones was an idiom for the bottom of the sea or shipwrecks, as in if you fuck around on the ship, you'll end up at the bottom of the sea. Mm. At some point. It's thought that a pirate named David Jones let his ship sink, which may have contributed to the name. I had to have come from somewhere. It's not like they had the monkeys back in the 1600s. Not so much. I'm going to say no on that one. Nope. What about earrings and uh, other pirate fashions? I'm glad you asked. (laughs) Uh, So let's start with the skull cap type bandanas they would wear and like handkerchiefs and all of that fanciness. The do-rags? Basically the pirate do-rags. That is real, but they probably didn't look quite the way they're displayed now. And it was used to keep them out of the sun. So they used it to like cover the tops of their heads. They did not wear the polka dots? Not so much. Not not stripes. No stripes? Usually usually just like white. I dressed inappropriately today. Wow, I think you're a little inaccurate. (sighs) Earrings are more interesting, though. They were worn, so earrings are true, um, for two reasons. First off, superstition. 
A lot of pirates were convinced that wearing an earring would improve or even cure bad eyesight, as they believed that precious metals in an earring possessed magical healing powers. Yeah, because that that's why I wear eight earrings at any given time. Exactly, yeah. So your eyesight must be great. Oh, wait. <laughs> I wear glasses for anyone who hasn't put a face to my, my voice yet. <laughs> I'm also sorry when you actually do see my face. <laughs> oh, you have a pretty face. <laughs> Thank you. Earrings also were worn, especially gold and silver earrings, were worth enough to pay for a pirate's funeral if he should wash a, a, a silver. A silver? <laughs> if he should wash ashore, which is a really dark reason for wearing earrings. Like, oh, those are beautiful. It's like, yeah, it's to pay for my funeral. So it's not like Valentine's Day on the ship was just... Really fun? No, no, not so much. Mm. Uh, most likely garb for the average pirate would have been short pants. Just different than shorts. <laughs> like capris. Yeah, like cap- pirate capris. <laughs> Buttoned jackets, collared shirts, white or colored knee-high socks secured with garters and leather shoes. So they dressed a little bit like John Mayer. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, the yes. man wears a lot of capris and button-ups. Yeah, but you gotta put, uh, it's the colored knee-high socks hung, or suspended with garters and the little leather shoes that get me. The little leather shoes. Yeah, it reminds me of that character in that Skittles commercial that goes, berries and cream, berries and cream. The little lad? The little lad. That's, they dress like little lad. <laughs> um, so they didn't have enough room on board for really fancy, ornate clothing like they're often portrayed in movies. However, the captain might have been a little bit like better dressed. Like a nice jacket. Yeah, like a nice long and jacket. And a hat. And a hat, maybe. But feel, even then, like, hats blow off. The hats, I think, aren't as much of a thing. But they, they did cover well, the Well, in my case, so. I feel like Jack Sparrow's costume was pretty accurate, though. Oh, his was... You see how many bracelets that guy wears? Oh. And how many beads are in his beard? That's... I don't, I don't oh, think that's well, quite right. He never right. washes that thing. Like, you put those things in there once and like, when you're hanging still. out with natives and they just stay there forever. Yeah, I guess. But, I don't know. I think his was a little too much. He had all the rings. He wore a lot of jewelry. And that would have been really... Think, not a good idea. Yeah, I meant, like, the pants and, like, the fact that he just wore, like, an open, like, shirt. I think more accurately would be the guy with the wooden eye and his shorter Even though he was missing friend. an eye? Yeah, that guy. Yeah. Um, that, I think that's more accurate. More simple. I think the jacket was only used when it was cold, and then otherwise it was just kind of, like, white. Well, in the um, commentary on the first Pirates of the Caribbean movie, um, it was, like, they actually tried to make them fairly accurate, just mm-hmm. because, like, no one... Pirates don't wear striped shirts or dress no. like Mr. Smee. No. And they don't dress as fancy as Mr. Hook. Mr. Hook. Mr. Hook. <laughs> yes. Mr. Hook was his father. Captain. He will call him Captain. Captain. Dr. Hook. Dr. Hook. Yeah, that, that sets him a little later on in life when he gets his shit together and goes back to med school. <laughs> goes back to med school. Yeah, assuming he went Like, he originally. was he was pre-med and then Peter Pan showed up and he was like, well, I gotta deal with this. Pretty much, yeah. So, that's pirate fashion. How about plank walking? No. No? No. Um, not as much as you would think. And marooning also wasn't a super popular form of punishment. Mm. Um, it did happen sometimes, but captains mostly stuck to whippings and gunshots as a way of dealing with misbehavior. Oh, that's pretty severe. Keel hauling was also popular. So that one was real. Yes. Um, it's also one of my favorite words. Yeah. Keel hauling. Keel hauling. Um, and that was when someone is tied to the front of the ship, which I believe is called the keel. Yeah. Keel is like the front. Yeah. The thing is I don't know the front. parts of the boat. I'm sorry, guys. Um, they tied them to the front of the ship and then threw them off so they got dragged under the ship. 
Um, so they either drowned or were cut to shreds by debris and barnacles on the underside. Ow. Right? That's a gnarly way to go. I'd be like, can you just shoot me instead, please? Well, this is, you know, for people who really fucked up. Yeah. Traitors and the likes. Yeah. So, um, where are we on the origins of the flag? Like, did they actually have the skull and crossbones? That is a real thing. And that skull and crossbone flag that you so associate with pirates is actually called the Jolly Roger. I thought that was the name of a ship. Nope. It's the name of the flag. Huh. The flag is called the Jolly Roger. I know it's the name of a, a hotel in Anaheim. Yeah. Yeah. Jolly Roger. So anyway, basically, it was used a lot in the 1700s by a few famous pirates, although the origins are a little vague. So there were a lot of black flags flown on the ships, and a lot of them did have skeletons on them in varying, you know, some standing, some yeah. with a knife or a sword or, you know, lots of that. But the classic one that you see actually was originally on a green flag, they think, but they're not sure. So there was like a green flag that had the skull and crossbones, and then there were a bunch of black flags that had other so they just skeletal, and at some point it got combined, but they don't know who the first person was to like use Smart the combination. Person. Green is not an intimidating color. Yeah, but I think it was more of like a national color. I think it had more to do with that. And not all of them were black, because it's not all about intimidation. So it turns out that a lot of pirates actually kept a number of flags aboard, and they would fly false flags fly false flags to lure <laughs> to lure their prey so to speak closer basically they're saying like hey we're your friends coming over ah, tricked you so and then raise the black the jolly roger it was flag. the flag equivalent of those glasses with like the nose and the mustache yeah and then you take them off like haha i've got you <laughs> but it was like more convincing yeah pretty much so why don't you tell me a little bit about the Flying Dutchman? Did he fly the Jolly Roger? The Flying Dutchman isn't a person. Uh-huh. <laughs> I mean the he ship. He isn't in SpongeBob. Well, yeah. <laughs> I just mean the ship. Did it? Did the pirates? Did the captain did, of El Flying Dutchman? Uh, there is no permanent. Like there's no known captain of the Flying Dutchman. It was thought to be a ghost ship. Mm. Um, that was doomed to sail the sea forever, and it was also thought to be like a portent of doom. Mm. So if you saw it, you're gonna die. Pretty much like a aquatic banshee. I like it. Um, however cool that sounds, uh, it was most likely just an optical illusion called a. Is that Feta or Fata? I don't know. Feta? Feta Morgana, which is named after Morgan Le Fay from the King Arthur legend. Oh. Um, that's where light rays near the horizon are bent and distorted to make distant ships look as if they're hoisted up in the air or even hanging upside down. Oh, Which, interesting. Like, if you're a pirate back in that time and you saw that, like, that would... That'd be terrifying. That'd be terrifying. Mm-hmm. So, Flying Dutchman, not real. Mm. Was never real. It was basically just a it's, scary mirage. Yeah, it was a sea mirage. Yeah, I like it. The next topic is the one that this entire episode was just supposed to be based on. Uh, This is why we're doing pirates. Mm. Um, Buried treasure. Where is it? (laughs) Um, I have some bad news. Is it not real? It is almost definitely not real. Most treasure that pirates got was divided up or, like, spent really quickly Mm. in port. Because why would they, like, hide it when they could spend it and they didn't really have 401ks to (laughs) put it into? I suppose that's true. Uh, a famous pirate, or more likely a privateer, William Kidd, Captain Kidd, 
who sailed around the late 1600s, was said to have buried treasure on Long Island in order to save it as a bargaining ship to avoid punishment for his suspected piracy because he was hired by New York. Yeah. As a privateer. Um, But it obviously didn't work because he was hung for being a pirate. Well, that clearly didn't work then. Uh, Kid ship, the... Fuck, that's a weird word. Kidog? Kidog? Kidog merchant was found in shallow waters off the coast of the Dominican Republic in decent condition, and Kid's cannon was recovered and now resides in a children's museum. So that's cool. That's a weird place to put it. Yep. Um, I don't know. Cat, like Kids love pirates. Yeah. Uh, there are a lot of rumors of hidden treasure, but seeing as no one has found any, it can't be confirmed, and for the time being, it looks like it's a myth. Also, something to consider is that um, ships were very rarely carrying chests full of jewels and gold coins and like tiaras and stuff. And most pirate booty <laughs> was more often in the form of, like, firearms, supplies, and sometimes they just took the whole damn ship. Huh. I mean, there's one known treasure chest. I can't remember where. I think a private collector has it. Mm-hmm. Um, that's the only known pirate's chest in existence. Oh. So, definitely not common. No. Which means no treasure maps. Unless they're just really good at hiding them. Well, yeah. I mean, they could be, like, really, really good at hiding them, which is why we never found them. So while we're talking about dividing up the booty, you know, pirate booty, 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 hiding everywhere. (laughs) Um, There is no universally recognized pirate code. Oh, well, I mean, they are pirates, so... Just wait. Basically, each ship had its own set of house rules called the ship's articles, where the crew and captain decided on how things would be run on that ship. Well, that makes sense. And pirates were way more democratic than we give them credit for. Like, they very much believed in the one-person, one-vote system, except in battles or raids when the captain's order was the absolute last word. Well, that makes sense. So, that's pirate code. Maybe we should talk about a few actual famous pirates who did exist. Cover some of those. See if the famous pirates were actually as cool as they sound. I hope you guys are ready to be disappointed. Yeah. This has been a bummer of an episode. Well, you know, why don't we start with Captain Morgan? He had to be... He was more than just a delicious beverage. Oh, tell me more. (laughs) Henry Morgan was a privateer, so not exactly a pirate. He was a state-sanctioned pirate. Yeah. Um, During the Golden Age, he made himself famous during activities in the Caribbean, primarily raiding Spanish settlements. Um, Spanish fucking deserved it. After what they did to the Aztecs. Mm, Yeah. Fuck the conquistadors. (laughs) He earned a reputation as one of the most notorious and successful privateers in history and one of the most ruthless. Um, So he he actually did live up to the hype. That's good Um, to know. I can name one who surely didn't. Yeah. um, Captain Morgan did retire at the end of his career. Well, I mean, what else do you do? Die. I suppose that's true. (laughs) So uh, what about Bluebeard? Is Bluebeard a thing? No. No. Um, so, common misconception, Bluebeard was never actually a pirate at Isn't all. Isn't he, the, like, the name of that guy that wanders around downtown Portland, painted blue? I think that's probably what he goes by. I have never talked to him, because he sort of scares me. Oh, no, I've never spoken to him. Um, backstory, there's a man that wanders around downtown Portland. His beard is dyed blue, his hair is blue, his face is blue. He has a blue um, sleeping bag that he wears like a cape, and he is always wearing blue. Yeah, he is the blue man. 
Yes. I don't know what he goes by because he freaks me Just out a little bit. Call him Bluebeard. Call him Bluebeard. Anyway, so turns out actual Bluebeard, not a pirate, but was a real person. Oh. Uh, it's actually a French folktale. So that's where it originated. Um, basically... Okay, this is the folktale. I'm going to tell it to you guys, but I'm not a very good storyteller, so I'm just going to summarize here. He was an aristocrat. Arist- <laughs> <laughs> aristocrat, rather. <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> oh, God. Oh, who has been married several times to women. I'm going to start this over. <laughs> cannot even. So Bluebeard was an aristocrat, so a very rich guy, married a lot of different women, and they all mysteriously disappeared. He was a black widower? Pretty much. Ooh. Yeah. So one day, our nice Mr. Bluebeard goes to visit his neighbor and asks to marry one of their daughters. And the girls are very appropriately just horrified of this man. Like, they were just terrified. They, like Girls talk to each other. Yeah. We know what's going on. Yeah, you've married, like, you know, however many women, and they've all gone missing. I see a pattern. No thank you. So the girls were appropriately scared. That's why um, ladies get away with being black widows, because dudes don't put patterns together. No, yeah, exactly. Girls are smarter. That's, that's, that's where we're coming is. to on this. Yep, yep. Sorry, boys. <laughs> So what Bluebeard did in return was he hosted a wonderful, gorgeous, amazing dinner. And there he manages to persuade the youngest daughter, so I guess assumably the most naive, to marry him. And she does so more or less unwillingly, but, you know, offers the family money, all that good stuff. So she marries him and goes to live with him and her sister Anne, because he had also... She wanted to bring Anne along, like, for safety. Mm -hmm. So they both moved into Bluebeard's house. Um, It's a very big, rich, lavish, luxurious home. So they're living there. Bluebeard, however, tells them that he has to leave the country for one reason or another. You know, aristocrat stuff. And he gives the keys to his wife and tells her that she cannot go into a specific room in the house. So as soon as he leaves, she opens that that the door to that room, and inside she sees the dead bodies and the blood of the corpses of all of his missing wives. We came so close to not having any murder in this episode. Serial killer, even. Wives, that was the... Keep, keep going. Oh, so dear. he had killed all of his past wives and put them in that room, and... Her, you know, she drops the keys and runs off. And so he comes back and he finds the keys in the room, the unlocked open room. So be smart. Take the keys out, close the door, and then run. You know, pretend you never opened it. But she didn't. So Bluebeard is in a just rage. He is super angry. And at the last minute, or he goes to kill his wife. You know, another victim and and the sister Anne, but Anne begs him for one last chance, you know, but just as he is about to deliver the fatal blow, the brothers of the wife and her sister managed to kill Bluebeard. So when when did they show up? They just like, I don't know. I don't really know where this takes place exactly. If they just went next door is what I'm kind of assuming. And all the brothers are like, I hear a commotion and came running and killed Bluebeard. 
And then the wife inherits his fortune and the castle and has all the dead wives buried and uses the fortune to have her other siblings married and they all live happily ever after. So he was literally just never a pirate. No, he was a serial killer. Hmm. Um, <laughs> I feel like that story closely resembles one that was like an early script idea for Disney's Haunted Mansion, but I am not positive on that. Hmm. Interesting. Yeah. They do seem to like pirates, so it wouldn't surprise well, me. Yeah, there was going to be a whole pirate thing in the haunted, you know, or mm-hmm. we'll, we'll get into that later. Not later. It's not like we're doing an episode on Haunted Mansion. No. But if you want to know, tweet at Emily. Ask me about it later. Yeah. I know a lot about this subject. Yes. Tweet at Emily if you want to know more about Disney's Haunted Mansion. Or just Disneyland in general. She, she knows more than she should. Um, yeah. So Bluebeard. Um, not serial so, killer. Yeah. Not pirate. It was you this time that brought up the serial killer. That's true. Hmm. Yeah. You, hmm. get a, you get a break. <laughs> All right, what about Blackbeard, then? Blackbeard was real. Oh. Um, his name was Edward Teach, and he was a good, but then really shitty pirate. In what way? Well, for a long time, like, he had a, a two-year run where he was super, super feared. Um, he pillaged the shit out of things. Like, he did weird stuff like braiding rope into his beard and then setting it on fire during battles. Right? Jesus. <laughs> and his ship, the Queen Anne's Revenge, is arguably one of the most famous ships in pirate history. Hmm. At least if you've seen Pirates of the Caribbean 4. You know what? You guys knew what you were getting into when yeah. you started this episode. Pirates, anyway. of course, we're talking about Pirates of the Caribbean. <laughs> Sounds weird. It does sound weird. So, while he had all that going for him, Teach was killed in 1718 by a small number of sailors and an English lieutenant named Robert Maynard. So... He had, like, two years of being a good pirate, and then he got killed. That's that's a pretty... And not even in a cool way. Like No. But that's, I suppose, kind of the pirate fate, you know? You don't always get a cool death. You don't always get to be a hero. No. That's pirates. That's... I mean, it's not everything about pirates, no. but that's all we're going to tell you today um, without falling down some sort of rabbit hole that could rival Alice's, let's be honest. That's a big rabbit hole. She, I mean, she was a small child, but... She made it to a different land, an alternate universe, if you will. Uh, this would be bigger. <laughs> Pirates are really cool. Uh, just a different kind of cool from what we've been led to believe by movies and books. So A little less swashbuckling, a little more limes. Yeah, more or less. <laughs> so if you have anything on the subject that you'd like to share with us, uh, you can tell us on Twitter at Afternoonified. Um, we are also on Instagram at Afternoonified and Facebook at facebook.com slash getafternoonified. We also have a website that is getafternoonified.com where you can listen to past episodes, send us emails, and donate money. <laughs> All of our episodes are available on iTunes, Google Play, Stitcher, and pretty much everywhere else you guys are listening to your podcasts. Um, be sure to subscribe, rate, and leave reviews. We absolutely love those. And until next time, our